Hey guys, so as you may or may not know, this upcoming Sunday is Juneteenth, and in celebration and commemoration of the holiday, we decided to team up with United Street Tours, which is an Instagram account that was started by Chiquita Patterson. And basically, this upcoming Thursday, she is doing a free virtual anti-racism workshop. So when this episode drops, that will be tomorrow, which is the 16th. And she's doing it at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, which is also 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So basically, this workshop will focus on anti-racism and doing the work and really the meaning of being an ally and what Juneteenth is all about. Go to their Instagram. You can find the link in their bio and it's completely free to sign up and virtual so you can do it in the comfort of your home. Yes. Again, you just follow United Street Tours. Tours is plural. And go to the link in their bio to sign up for free. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What the Fuck's Up podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Kelly. And I'm your other host, Nina Barnett. And today we're about to record with someone really exciting. Super exciting. So exciting. We're so excited. Nina, what the fuck's up with you? You know, just getting back. Had a, I guys, I have such bad luck with planes, and I know that's probably some type of manifestation issue. <laughs> But, like, I sat on a plane for three hours before we took off for yeah. no reason other than LaGuardia being a shit show. What did they define as LaGuardia being a shit show? They literally said there's too many planes at LaGuardia. in LaGuardia. They had di- diverted some planes. And I will say, to give the pilot credit, he would get on the intercom and be like, all right, guys, they have us at, like, leaving at 9.30 p.m. And he was like, I'm going to be honest. I don't really think we're leaving it. <laughs> and I was like <gasps> depressed, but I really appreciated you transparency. Yeah. yeah. I was I, like, you know, I totally agree with that. Like if we're going to be in a shitty situation, don't make me feel like it's going to be better than it is. Like exactly. tell me it's an hour long wait for the restaurant and have it be 30 minutes. Set my expectations so low. Yeah. And then surprise me. Exactly. I yeah. was like, that's a beautiful thing. And I was, I was in a good mood, had come from an engagement and a wedding this past weekend. Shocker. Shocking turn of events. Congrats to the happy couples. Um, but yeah, it was a really lovely time. I will say there was a really cute guy in my row. Mm. But there was someone in between us. And I was like, this seems like Wait, a Wait, that's so thing. annoying. So you were in the window seat? Yeah. What a cock block. I know. And the girl the was in the middle. And I was like, Ugh. and I obviously wasn't going to give up a window seat. But like, I almost did for love. <laughs> did you guys have any like exchange any words like i think it was just the frustration of us being the same age which i feel the like sexual tension of that yeah no it's you such know? a thing um can you imagine if you just started flirting over this girl <laughs> she would have been like who the f are you that would have been so savage yep but yep. like annoying but savage very savage yeah and i leave for africa in like three days Guys, I'm freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing well. I'm like, I did a show myself for two years, and now you're gone for like a few weeks. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. 
I'm fucked. <laughs> You're not gonna be fucked, guys. Kayla's It'll be okay, be guys. Everybody send encouraging DMs. Yes, send love send and love. well wishes <laughs> for your girl. I'm literally gonna be fine. climbing Kilimanjaro, and people are gonna be DMing you, being like, "Caitlin, how are you? <laughs> Caitlin, is everything okay? Checking in, <laughs> sending good thoughts. But yeah, do you want to tell the listeners how you got into this Kilimanjaro thing? Because it's yeah. it's quite interesting. Yeah, it's super random. So. When I was graduating college, I was like, I really want to climb Kilimanjaro. Seems like doable, but a cool bucket list thing. Yeah. And found Why this Kilimanjaro? company. Like, Because I was like, it. oh, it's something kind of athletic, but also makes you unplug. And it's one of the, you know, like seven summits, but it's yeah. not, it's the only one that's non-technical. So like, okay, you don't so you have don't to have be, to a, be climber. Like a climber, climber. Yeah. Oh, you just need to be able it. to like walk at a high elevation. Literally, oh, that's gosh. what it is. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to raise some money and be able to go. And so I went and went with this company, Plug Beyond Adventures, super great company, and went by myself and had an amazing time, Mm -hmm. loved it. Obviously, it was like hard, but I really genuinely believe anyone could do it as long as you don't have some insane like predisposed situation. Um, But it's really like they do such a good job. Like the porters are amazing. This company is amazing. And I... Nina may or may not work for them. I do. Well, no, that's what I was going to say is I... But I didn't work for them when I went. Before. Yeah. Like I I fully went and like loved it so much and also had compared my experience to other people. And it was just like a totally different and a more amazing experience even though like my price point was lower yeah and so I then like a year and a half after I did it started just helping them out with like social media and random stuff like that and then now I get to go back and get paid to do it which is super exciting yeah so exciting so I'm really excited I think I'll have less anxiety this time I'll send a little voice memo down from 19,000 feet down from above (laughs) Um, are you gonna ask me about me or are we just yeah, doing the I was about to say what yeah. the fuck's up with you? I haven't what seen the fuck you. is up with me? Okay, so oh, first of all <laughs> on do? okay, so on Saturday I on Friday I just like drank with my friend in the park, whatever, no casual. big deal, casual thing, whatever. Saturday <laughs> I start drinking with my friend at brunch, which was really linear at this point. It was like three PM. Who I haven't seen <laughs> since maybe like beginning of high school and of middle school. Like mm. it was such a catch up um, and we had a lot That's to right. talk about. So obviously we had to keep it going. She was so funny. She's like, I feel like because it's been so long, this is like a first date and it's going well. I'm like, oh, same. I love that. <laughs> so funny. So we were like, oh my God, we can't end the discussion here. We need to go to a bar. So Already we're at like five hours of drinking and I just was on one. I was like, I got to keep going from here. Like can't (laughs) stop now. So (laughs) as one does after five hours of drinking, literally. So I made my friend go to Soho with me, uh, became friends with the most gorgeous brother and sister duo I've ever seen. I was like, I want your guys jeans. And they're like, that's creepy. I'm like, fair. And then, um, we kept going, but this is the funniest part. Okay, so my friend Lainey, shout out Lainey, texts me. I'm like, where are you? Like, what's up? Let's hang. And she's like, come to this Soho house party, which is kind of ironic after I'm at Soho house, but it's like in Soho, you know, <laughs> properly. Anyways, so she's like, come to this Soho house party. I'm like, okay. 
go with my friend. We show up. I'm like, where are you? She's like, oh my God, Caitlin, it's been like an hour. Time was flying, you know, when you're having fun. (laughs) She's like, I am not here anymore. I was like, and my friend Sophie and I look at each other and we're like, we're just going to stay. So we end up like becoming friends with the guy who lives there. Who's like Lainey's coworker. (laughs) We're talking to everyone. And my drunken downfall is that I really get like big dick energy in particular about speaking French and there were French people there and I am literally like speaking to them in probably like caveman French (laughs) and think I'm just the hottest shit ever. No, I refuse. (laughs) Like on principle, I refuse. And then we went and got late night pizza and made friends with a gay couple. Wow. Happy pride. A New York love story. Oh, this is actually something I did want to talk about. Did you see the whole thing about the Sydney Morning Herald trying to out Rebel Wilson. No. So crazy. Oh my gosh, where have I been? Under a rock. <sighs> right? It happens like, th- no, they put, they put out the article on Saturday, but I saw, like, there was a lot of news about it today. But basically, they <laughs> sent her... So you know that she like came out recently, yeah. right? Um, she posted something like, maybe it was a Disney princess I was looking for her all along or whatever. Very cute. Good for her. But then basically the Sydney Morning Herald, this journalist, writes this article on Saturday being like, like, we're so frustrated that like Rebel Wilson was the one to break the news about her sexuality to you all because we actually were going to run a story about it. Um, and gave her two-day notice, and she never responded to us, and then just posted this herself. As if she like can't the post. audacity, the audacity. People were freaking out. They're like, also, mm, this guy what? ended up. The guy who wrote it was gay. It turns out. So like, there's so, so many questions. So confusing. What's wrong with the world? Like literally, what's wrong? Like he. Can you imagine being like, um, "Excuse me, <laughs> we were gonna do that." Yeah, for we you. were gonna do that first. It was like they were actually upset about it. Oh my god, it was just the craziest, Wait, most entitled thing ever. So obviously, everyone's like, "This is trash. This is crazy." Like it's someone's right to come out when they are comfortable. Like oh, yeah. who cares if they've like been to events together? Like she can announce it on her own timeline. Like way to like blackmail her into like you know posting it and then having the audacity to then be like bemoaning the fact that she said it first it was crazy that's why so then he ended up uh taking it down and apologizing for it in a new article as he should but like oh my gosh like who you and the funniest thing is like you know with those like publications it had to go through a lot of people that's what i i'm like how many people signed off on that yeah who was not like we're gonna shut this down also like how are you gay and not sensitive to that? Yeah, woof. That's just, it's really troubling. Everyone's like, That's well, happy pride. God bless. <laughs> so fucked. Wow. But guys, there are good things in the world too. One of them being our guest that we have on today. Yes. So excited to have you guys meet Kaylin through our interview. Um, you might have seen her on Love and the Spectrum US. She was just so fun and sweet on it. She's um, hilarious too. She's, she's really fucking funny. So we hope you enjoy the episode. Please rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend. And without further ado, here it is. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome to What the Fuck's Up podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Kelly. And I'm the other host, Nina Barnett. And today we are joined by Kaylin Partlow. Kaylin is a therapist for the Project Hope Foundation and most recently has starred in Netflix's Love on the Spectrum US. Welcome, Kaylin. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. We're so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm like so jazzed because yeah. you're living in Greenville right now, right? Yeah. So in North Carolina? South Carolina. South Carolina. Okay. So uh, it's so funny because I was, I told you, I was like, there were, I was reading She literally got and I like, like heated about this. She's like, hey, <laughs> there's one in North and there's one in South. And all these articles are saying she's in both. She's yeah, like, Yeah. And I was like, one? people are mixing them up because I mean, I'm, I'm from North Carolina and no hate. But like Greenville, South Carolina is so much better. And so I was like, I don't know which one she's living in, but a bunch of publications were getting it wrong for you. And I was like, they were getting a lot wrong. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. So we're here to set the record straight today, guys. Caroline. I almost said y'all, but now that I'm like outnumbered by Southerners, I was like, that's just, you know, that's imposter shit. We can't do that. Um, So, Kaylin, what the fuck's up? How are you? How have you been since the show? I've been incredibly busy. I don't think I I can think of a time in my life where I I have been this busy. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. But is it like good busy? It's good busy. It's it's demanding, okay. but it's it's a good thing, you know? Yeah, definitely. I feel like I'm the kind of person, I mean, it. I guess it depends like what the workload is, mm-hmm. but the more consistently I'm busy, the less I go like insane generally yeah. in a weird way. Like it like gives yeah. me structure, you know? Yeah. I can't yeah, just which... do nothing all day, you know? Those days are not, like, relaxing. They're stressful, you know? No, yeah. Exactly. Like, you need the relaxing days to be, like, actually relaxing days. Like, they need to be, like, planned yeah. ahead as relaxing days. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. the days that I have planned out to, like, binge watch probably the show you were on. <laughs> like, oh, my God. I'm like, wait. I, didn't we all? I mean, honestly, like, I so many comedians were DMing me today being like, oh, my gosh, this is my favorite show. It's on so good. <laughs> I okay, so I've been watching since like pre US and everything. And first of all, I think it is so helpful just to see like dates in this way and to see things spelled out. Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone needs to be taught like certain things about how to date, like especially men. Us. Yeah. <laughs> they took the words. Yes. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Especially, especially men. They need to be taught a lot about after the fact too. Mm -hmm. fish in their dating profile. We're about to start a GoFundMe to like, or not a GoFundMe. (laughs) What are the ones where the change.org petitions? Change.org. Yeah. (laughs) Change.org. We're going to start that. We're not going to raise any capital, but we are going to raise awareness that it's (laughs) trash. (laughs) But yeah, the show is just like so beautifully done. And um, on the podcast, like I do as someone who like struggles with mental health things, I think we all do. But um, I do try to talk a lot about the idea that mental health and everyone and everything really exists on a spectrum you know, like it doesn't always have to look exactly the same. So like having you on to talk about this, this is just like so yeah. freaking awesome. But to start out, since we are talking a little bit about like autism being on a spectrum and looking different for every individual, 
what is your experience with autism or what has it been for you personally? That's a tough one. Um, I think I, I guess have a unique perspective because I come at it from an angle of my personal experience as well as my professional experience. Um, Mm From my personal experience, I know that my mom has talked about the first signs and symptoms being extreme uh, noise sensitivity um, and insistence on sameness and insistence on routine um, and then kind of meltdowns from me as a child when things didn't go according to plan or things didn't quite line up with whatever my expectations were. Um, And I think now it has carried it was it's definitely obviously carried over into adulthood but it looks different as an adult than it did as a child obviously well i mean i would hope so anyways so the the meltdowns (laughs) aren't like you know i'm throwing myself on the floor anymore because again not a child but it's going in the bathroom to cry when an unexpected schedule change has occurred even if it's for you know the better even if it's a thing that i may have wanted to happen just it throws off my day um And I think that is always going to bother me. And I think I'm glad I don't kind of fling myself on the floor and freak out anymore the way that I used to. But (laughs) I think it's always going to be a thing that's going to be hard for me. Totally. And I relate to that. I'm like a huge overcrier. Like I have to like stop myself from crying in so many situations. It's so frustrating. And sometimes I'll like see kids having tantrums. I'm like, you lucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I want to just have a tantrum right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> we should all be able to express ourselves <laughs> in these ways. But um, yeah, I, I love you like pointing out those signs. And it is also really interesting how you know, your profession, you have chosen to work with kids who are struggling. So it's like such a, you know, amazing, like giving back moment. Yeah. Well, I, one question I kind of have with that too, is how do you think like your experience personally helps you when you're, I mean, I mean, obviously you can relate really well to, um, the, you know, the children and, um, everyone that you work with, but how do you feel like it kind of goes a step further to just really have that personal experience with everything you do like daily? I think it helps in two ways. So one is, and this kind of leads me down a rabbit hole, but I guess I'll get to that later, um, is empathy. Rabbit holes are welcome here. Okay, great. (laughs) So one misconception about autism is that we don't experience empathy for other people, which is, which is untrue. Um, Mm -hmm. What is true is that we don't often recognize different emotions in different situations and how we should be responding to that. So it's not that I don't care how you feel. It's I maybe don't know how you feel or I don't know what you need from me or some combination of the two. It's not an experience. It's, you know, it's not a lack of empathy or um, it sometimes can be a lack of perspective taking. And that kind of shows up in different ways for, for kids and for adults. But, you know, taking the perspective of somebody else is traditionally difficult for us. So anyways, I guess back to answering your question is that for me, it's like a like a super empathy. Like I know my coworkers, but the other therapists can, you know, be empathetic and they can be compassionate and they can be caring and sympathetic to a client's problems. But I come at it from the angle of I've been there and done that. Um, And I think that produces a different type of human empathy than just feeling sorry for somebody. Um, And the other way that I think it gives me an advantage is that I can remember how I was explicitly taught a variety of social skills. So when I go to teach somebody else these very same social skills, I know what works and I know how to explain it and I know how to teach it in a way that makes sense. That is so awesome, truly. Um, 
And I'm sure, I mean, these kids must be so inspired by you. Like, I feel like I would be like, oh my God, this girl is so cool. Like she's teaching me this stuff now Mm -hmm. and she's still like on the spectrum. Like that's really, really awesome. Um, What you were kind of talking about reminds me of, I was looking through your like recent uh, Instagram posts and you had a really like lovely post about how teachers were sometimes really insensitive to you and like your needs and how they almost acted like you couldn't tell that they were getting frustrated or, you know, whatever they were doing. Um, And I've just, I've heard this experience from so many people, you know, with learning disabilities across the board, whether it's like ADHD or dyslexia, stuff like that. Um, And I think it's really cool that you're like bringing awareness to the fact that it's like, yeah, you internalize, you can like tell that they're frustrated and they have to like learn how to like regulate that, you know, when they're teaching young kids who are so impressionable. Right. But yeah, I thought that was really interesting too. So I guess we'll get into talking a little bit about the show itself. Um, So first of all, we all need to know, like, how did you end up getting on the show? Like, what was this process like? Did someone reach out to you? Did you like hear about it and then reach out? What was that whole process? So it's like not the amazing story that everybody thinks it is. Um, I am on Facebook all the time. And so I it was <laughs> like a year ago, I was just kind of, you know, mindlessly scrolling as one does. Um, and I came across a post. It was like a screenshot of a post of somebody else's post. So it wasn't even like original from the source. And it was looking, you know, for participants for the show. And so I was just like, you know, whatever, we'll try it. And I got an email back and there was a Zoom interview and there was another Zoom interview. And here we are. Wow. I love it. That's Facebook. awesome. Facebook. Facebook, guys. Changing lives. Yeah, again. honestly, this is the most promotion they've gotten in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Meta, you're welcome. Yeah, is anyone ever going to call it Meta? Definitely not. Yeah. And then, like, what was it like, the filming process? Like, as a viewer, this is something I was kind of confused about. So, for example, when you're going on the date with Peter, you're doing this whole speed dating thing, but you obviously have cameras there. So, like, what do the other people at the speed dating event, like, think the show is? Do they know? That is, is up for debate. Um, yeah. <laughs> so production was asking kind of if I, if I had any questions or if I had any feedback after the fact. And I, mm. one of my, I guess, questions or complaints was it seemed like the participants in speed dating, Peter specifically, but again, we'll get to that probably in a minute. Um, Ooh, we have some tea. really feel like, like they didn't seem to know what was happening. They didn't seem like they knew what they signed up for. So that Austin guy who showed up unemployed in sweatpants, um, he <laughs> told me he was there to start his acting career, which obviously didn't make the cut. But like, if that's like, this is a documentary. That's not how this works. Um, so Wait, what? That's actually really messed up. Yikes. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. So it kind of raises some questions as to like what they were told and what they knew. And then production was like, oh, no, no, no. We told them they they knew as much as we could share. And we shared, you know, enough information. They understood what they were signing up for. But I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I don't I don't like that at all, though. Did you go into the show thinking, you know, like this guy could really find the one where you just sort of like, I'm open to 
whatever happens. Like, no, I had I had very low expectations if we're being honest. <laughs> um not necessarily because of like anything the show did or was in the Australian version, but just because of like like just because of who men, men. are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's because of that. You know, like they can't fix men as a species, you know? That's very true. Well, I mean that was another reason we really wanted to bring you on is that like I think everything you talk about is so relatable. Like dating is hard. (laughs) (laughs) Dating is hard, period. And I think it was so relatable, like watching you swipe and stuff, because it's just like, it can be so maddening. These apps can be like, so sterile in a way. Like, Yeah. yeah. Did speed dating feel weird? Yeah. What was speed dating like? I feel like that's interesting. It was when they filmed, it was probably like 90 degrees. So speed dating was sweaty. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> that was my my first memory of speed dating was is just like everybody's like, how did it go? It was sweaty. That's how it was. Um yeah. oh my god. Yeah. yeah. I'd be so scared to go on speed dating. Yeah. Like it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, but it's yeah, over but really it's... fast. So if it sucks, it's it's done quicker than it would have it's happened done otherwise. That is true. That's really, that really true. true. Um, but I do want to ask a little more about the Peter situation. I was say, we got to get Please do. Yes, we are here to drag Peter. Because <laughs> I literally have in my notes, what happened with Peter? It said on the show he ghosted her. They used different language, but it was a clear ghosting. How dare? How <laughs> fucking dare? Yeah, like what? Do, I, I Just tell us everything. Yeah, what happened? So like... <laughs> I don't know where to start. He <laughs> he like also didn't seem super prepared for the show. Like pe- some people mm-hmm. had commented that like I'm in a romper and he's in a t-shirt. Um and so like that maybe doesn't match. So there was again some yeah. questions there, but that like I guess wasn't the the biggest thing that maybe I don't know, raised eyebrows, I guess. So yeah, the the whole ghosting situation. He they did not give us each other's contact information for months following the filming. Um, so we finally get each other's phone numbers. He texts me, um, and we're trying to figure out a time to meet. And he like would not pick the place, would not pick the location, would not pick the day, would not pick the time. And so I'm having to do all the work for him. Fine, whatever. I pick the day. I pick the time. You tread ball. Yeah. I picked the day. I picked the time. I picked the place. I picked the activity. We were going to get ice cream. It was a Sunday. It was fine. Um, He took a really long time between texts to just like respond back to each one of those. Because again, I'm like doing the work here. Uh, But whatever. (laughs) So Saturday night comes along and he's like, so I can't make it. Like I'm stuck here with my family in Clemson. Um, and that is where our big like college is, where the football games are. He got hung over is what happened. He didn't say it, yeah. but that's where oh, everybody was. I was about to say, that's that's where everybody I knew the was. second you said Clemson, yep. I was like, this man, yep. no. that is classic. Wow. Of course he was at Clemson too. Oh. He's just <laughs> like, I mean, it's as if you could write out like, a script for how guys are going to act who are just doing the absolute bare minimum (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they will just stick to it every time. That is actually my biggest pet peeve. Like, so I've, I don't like subscribe to like dating rules or anything, but two like hard lines that I subscribe to are one, if you match on an app and they don't like say something first, like fuck that. Like, I want you to be a little more interested in me than I am in you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if you match and they just liked your picture, like, say something to me. You Mm -hmm. you liked me first, say something. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is 
they should have a plan. Like, don't ask me what I want to do and act like you're being like so nice and like trying to like make me feel like really taken care of. Like, no, you just are lazy. Wow. That is so frustrating. So so after that happened, like, what did you say to him? So I was like, fine, whatever. We try and pick a day to do it again. I mean, like we talk a little bit about work, you know, how's your day going? Great. How's your day going? Great. Um, Which is not a thing I particularly (laughs) am interested in and over text message, especially like during my work day. Like I'm busy. Don't Mm -hmm. ask me how my day is going. Like see me in person, you know? Um, So fine. We pick another time and he's busy again. He's just kind of, again, unwilling to commit to a day, commit to a time, commit to an activity. Um, And I like left several opportunities to where like, oh yes, I'm available this day and this time. And he just kind of left it. So I like, what was I supposed to do? You know? Yeah. I Um, mean, off no the bat <laughs> well okay that's the other thing like if they're i don't know it's like with all the chivalry type stuff it's like if what they're putting in in the beginning should be almost the best if anything mm-hmm. you know so it's only going to get worse from there yeah so if he's like starting out so like meh like what's the point yeah i also and then he texts I, I me mean, about a softball game like after that so i'm like just left hanging in terms of making a plan. And he's like, man, this softball game is going great. You're like, I don't want to talk about the softball game with you. I want to like figure out if we're hanging or not. Like what? I just, I really have no faith in men anymore. I mean, I'm telling you the bar is so low that I I say this so often. The bar is so unbelievably low. This is half of Nina's TikTok. It's like talking about how low the bar is. How it just couldn't get lower (laughs) at this point. But on the floor. my dad was like, you have buried the bar. And I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. But the bar is so low that if a guy can make a plan, any plan at all, <laughs> it can be, the plan can be like sitting on a bench. I don't care. But if he knows which bench and he plans it out, that is like the most amazing thing to me. I'm like, this man knows how to plan an event. Like that is all <laughs> he I is ask. an event planner. Because the amount of men that really truly are like, just can't do it. That all they can do is get your number. And then it's like, they'll, ugh, yeah, nothing. no, it's actually crazy. Um, so since the show, I'm interested to hear, have you like been going on any dates? Has anyone like slid into your DMs? Oh my God sliding into the dms i wish it would stop quite honestly because like i think (laughs) i think people who've seen the show are like oh my god you want to date another autistic person and like i work with me i live with me i drive with me i shower with me i sleep with me i don't need to date me as well you know like (laughs) i need somebody else we've got to we've got to kind of compensate for my weaknesses here and another one of me isn't going to (laughs) help Like, if I date another dyslexic person, who is going to read the menu? Because it's not going to be me. (laughs) You know? Oh, you're dying. I'm sobbing. Oh, Oh my my gosh. So there are a lot of autistic fellas reaching out. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh. or like moms of like, oh my god, my my child, my man child is twenty years old, and he would love to date you. Here are ten pictures of him, and he looks like a child. We, oh my gosh, breathe. the moms! Oh my I god, mean, moms! On one hand, I'm like, I respect the hustle of the moms. On the other, moms hand, you're need like, their no, own no. dating app because they're just good. out here trying way harder than we are. So funny. Um, oh my so, god. So I assume. So wait, but have you been on any dates? Maybe. DMs aside that have yeah. been promising. 
Promising, no, absolutely not. But I have been I'm on one yes. date since the show. <laughs> oh my gosh. How was it? Oh my God. It was so bad. I have never yelled at somebody on a date before, but that was a new experience for me, actually. And it wasn't like yelling, yelling, but just like reprimanding, I suppose. Wait, what did you have to reprimand him for? This guy. Oh my God. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a second date and it was a Tinder guy. So, like, okay. already our expectations are low because Tinder, right? Um, yes. So, it's a second date because I'm like, I'll just give him a chance. You know, he's halfway good looking, seems like a nice person. He was very funny. Um, and we like funny. So, we do. We love it. You know, we, we tried for a second date. We met for ice cream in the park. Again, I'm just going to, like, keep saying this. This is a second date. We do not know each other very well. Um, and yeah. In my Tinder profile, he, he sees that it said that I like deep conversations, which is true. I do. I like deep, meaningful, thoughtful conversations. I don't really want to talk too much about how your day is unless it's particularly relevant to maybe something else. Um, yeah. And so he says, well, you like deep conversations. I've got a hypothetical question for you. And I say, OK. And he says, so if you let's hypothetically say you are pregnant and you are going to have a baby. And the doctors tell you oh, that the baby no. is going to have Down syndrome. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, um, and so <laughs> he says, would you, A, uh, learn everything about Down syndrome and try to be the best parent you could possibly be, you know, raise the child, teach the child, um, or, and he, like, hesitates and he starts giggling. He can barely even say it. And I'm just, like, staring at him. And he says, or would you, and again, he pauses between the giggles and says, yeet that mofo. I'm I'm speechless. Like, yeah, he needs to be kicked. Did you report him? So I just like, like, you know, when someone says something so shocking, you just kind of like, are just like, what the fuck for like a second? Yeah. And I'm just like staring at him. Like, I cannot believe he really just said this to me. What? Like, he didn't know about my diagnosis, but he did know <gasps> he about my know work. Oh, no, he my... didn't know. But he did know about what I, I do for a living. Like, yeah, we, had talked, which, like... we had talked quite a bit about what I do for work. Um. And I even sent well? him the link to the nonprofit that I work for. And like the, like, I, I just like blew up and I was just like, I cannot believe you would say this to me. That is like a really shitty thing to say for all these reasons. And so I just roast him. And Good. the like really sad part about this story is he like, didn't, I mean, this is like an asshole thing to say, but like in general, didn't seem to be an asshole. Like I genuinely believe that he was just stupid. Like he genuinely didn't yeah. understand why oh that God. was why like, that was why we don't bring up genocide in a second date topic. Like, genuinely didn't see that as, like, a thing that would not be appropriate. Jesus. Oh, Christ. Yeah, that's just, like, talk about being, like, toned I mean, I'm, like, genuinely speechless. I really didn't think it was going to be that bad. Yeah. Even if he didn't, like, even not knowing your diagnosis, but knowing your profession, like, what you do for work. Mm -hmm. And, like, obviously, anyone that, if if you're in the nonprofit space, like, I was in the social impact space for a while, and, like, Anyone that works in one of those spaces spaces is very passionate about what they're doing. Yeah. And it's like much more usually for the passion than like the salary or whatever. And so right. it's like to know that you were working like no matter what. But that, oh, my God. Well, also, okay. Then on top of that, like there's the other layer of it being a women's issue. And like it just grinds my gears in general when men think it's like fun and topical to talk about like me and my right to like do what I want with my body and my vagina. Like, why are you asking me about this? Like, why are you giggling about it? Like, as if we can have like an even debate about it when this would never even happen to you. Like you wouldn't 
be going through this on anywhere near right. the same level as I would be. So it's just what like, it's idiot. just stupid on so many levels, but damn. And he was so sorry. That was the other, he was just like, I'm so sorry. I just didn't understand how that could offend you, but I will never do that again. But like that, that's not the point. I want, I don't want a project. I want a partner. And so for that yeah. reason, I, yeah. I broke no. up contact with him. Well, yeah, honestly, you probably like in a weird way did him a favor because, like, at least he knows to do some research now. He'll never do it again. <laughs> yeah, like what the? F- yeah, that would what be. A d- oh god. I'm- so dating's not going well. So we hate dating. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh my I'm god. Gonna die alone. You I can mean, come live with us, girl. Like, yeah, really. We're we're in the same. She's boat. got a dog. Okay, wait. One question I have because so many people wrote in the, about this too, but. Um, your roommate, Gracie, are you still living yes. there? Everyone who's listening, like myself included, like I loved your guys' relationship. I think it's so cute. She's like such a cheerleader for you. She like, can be. <laughs> you're like, sometimes she's an annoying roommate, but sometimes. <laughs> um, but how did you guys meet? Like, are you still living together? Yeah, we are still living together. We met at work, actually. Um, we don't work at the same location anymore because our company has different locations just kind of around the upstate of South Carolina. So thankfully we don't like we live together, but we could not handle working together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we did meet at work. Oh, that's so, so sweet. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I really enjoyed seeing you guys as roommates. Like she just seems, she seems really awesome. But um, yeah. how long have you guys been living together now at this point? Three years. Three years. Got it. And you talked about how moving out of your parents' house was something that was like really difficult um, for you initially. Do you feel like now it's gotten any easier or like what has that kind of experience been like? It's it's still pretty challenging. I think it's some things have gotten easier, but other things are still equally as challenging. Um, And I think the problem that I run into frequently is that Gracie is a very busy woman. Um, And so she is not always around to help me with just life things. And so if she's not around, what am I supposed to do? I mean, I can go to my parents, but I'm 25. I don't always want to go to my parents. Sometimes I want to do it by myself and like begrudgingly will accept the help of a friend. But it's it's a whole different thing to have to still ask your mom for help for like basic things. Yeah. Yeah. And is that more with like the dyslexia kind of stuff with like, you know, reading the menus kind of yeah that's yeah it like it's it's hard to pay my bills not because I can't afford to pay my bills but because I don't understand how to pay the bill or what I'm being billed for or if I'm being billed fraudulently which has happened several times um so I'm very like distrustful and so like the organizing of a phone call and then the like remembering the information and then applying the information and you know still having to pay the bill it's just it's a lot to be able to navigate without support yeah, that definitely makes sense. It's, I mean, it's just hard period. Like, I don't know, taxes, paying bills, it can be really confusing and overwhelming. And there are certain things with like, quote unquote, adulting that like continue to be difficult for everyone. Okay, so at this point, we're going to move into a segment of the podcast called Quarter Life Qualms. So the whole idea is it's about kind of what we were just talking about. So we talk specifically about being in your 20s. Um, So the first question is, what is one of the most difficult or transformative experiences that you went through in your 20s? And how has it shaped the person you are today? That's a hard one. So like, Like, are you thinking of a time where, like, 
life has just kind of like knocked you on your ass kind of thing. It, yes. Yeah, that could definitely be it. Yep. Yep. When is it not at this point? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Paying for groceries was a hard one. Um, I love that. Food costs money. Like what? Um, the fact that you have to pay your speeding tickets, even if you don't want to, was a hard one. <laughs> Apparently you have to go to court if you decide that you don't want to. Um, Wait, this is my sometimes against your will. I've ever gotten. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a that was a rough one like yes i was speeding yes i deserved a ticket but like did it need to be 70 dollars? no probably not um, so I'm... i just decided i wasn't gonna pay it because i didn't want to and that didn't end well <laughs> that did not that hold up well against the law so funny <laughs> yeah no oh i i sassed the judge and then it was like 170 <laughs> good oh okay yeah. number two what is something about adulting that continues to surprise you Medical bills? <laughs> yeah, same. Literally. I, just, I don't understand the level of incompetence that must go into charging people the way that they charge people and to charge people incorrectly or the, the how does the pharmacy give you the wrong medication? How, like, how do these things continue to happen? <laughs> literally so true. Also, like, I think about this all the time. Like, I worked at a doctor's office briefly. People, like, throughout any age, any point in their life do not understand insurance nope like we'd have like 50 year old patients right. call us and be like why did I get charged if I paid 50 dollars there I'm like because that was a copay and this is what you owe from the visit based on what your insurance covered and like having to explain that it's like there needs sure. to be sure. more widespread understanding about it um okay and then a follow-up question is what is one of your favorite parts about being in your 20s that's another hard one. Why are these so difficult? <laughs> We're just trying to really throw you. I mean, I guess before my 20s, I was like basically a child. So my favorite part about not being a child would be, I don't know, I guess just like, the this is probably like a generic answer, but like the freedom, you know, mm -hmm. like I have a car, I can just kind of leave when I want and no one can tell me to not to leave. No one can tell me when to go to bed. No one can tell me, you know, it's like, I, yeah, freedom, I guess. Freedom real love that love that um and then do you want to do this yeah. last one so number three is what's something you do for yourself when you're overwhelmed or going through a difficult time do you ask everybody this one or did i just get this one everyone everyone i would love to know what other people say so my answer is is a weird one um i hide in my closet um under a blanket with a pillow wow oh. Is that like out of curiosity? Is that like a sensory thing where it makes you feel like safer? Yeah, because my closet is is smaller and it's dark and the air conditioning cannot touch my skin and I cannot hear as much electricity in the walls as I can outside of the closet. Oh my God, electricity in the walls. Yeah. Wait, so also is that something that you've done like most of your life? Has that always been like a mm -hmm. comfort thing or is that more recent? As kind of switched? since I was a teenager, Yeah, yeah. And how, like, how long do you usually stay in there? It depends. A um, couple minutes to a couple hours, depending on whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like, I mean, I feel like everyone has their own variety of that. And I like that answer because I feel like a lot of people don't talk about like what they physically do. They'll talk kind of about like an activity or like a way they think about things, but like, 
when I think of like the physicality of that, I think about like snuggling up like under my blanket or something like Mm -hmm. that. And that can be in itself really reassuring. Oh, actually segue that I didn't mean for it to happen. A huge thing I do, which I was talking about in therapy recently is I will like pet or cuddle with my dog, Delilah. Um, A big part of the show is your dog. What's your dog's name again? I'm so sorry. I'm forgetting right now. Finnegan. Finnegan. Finnegan is so cute and so well-trained. I honestly need tips from you, but um, how is Finnegan doing? Just as like a sidebar. (laughs) He's great. We've got a dog show coming up on Saturday. (gasps) Oh my God. Is he ready? Are you ready? As the dog momager? Uh, He's about as ready as he's going to (laughs) get. And how old is he at this point? He's five. Oh my God. He's really, really cute. And you fully like trained him (laughs) and everything. Yeah. I actually got him when he was 18 months old. He was originally going to be a narcotics detection dog for the TSA. Um, So they, from what I understand, had started him on that, but he just didn't have the stamina to kind of keep up with a full eight hour workday, like at the airport, for example. Um, And so they had bought his brother instead and I bought him and kind of repurposed him. Wow. That's amazing. Is he also like a go-to for you ever if you're feeling like, you know, unsafe in any way? Cause I know. Yeah, he can be. He, I think it depends on like the level of upset. If I'm just like extremely upset, I usually don't want him just because he can be a lot of dog and his solution to problems are, is to like crawl on top of you and get as close as he can and if that means like crawling inside your intestines like if he could he would like, he just wants to be as close to you as oh physically possible physical touch and is that's, like, his love not language. always what you want yeah. you know? <laughs> you're like not oh what i need right now that's so funny my dog's like she won't like try to like cuddle inside of you kind of thing but she will straight up post up on strangers just like waiting for a butt rub. Like she's entitled about her butt rubs. <laughs> She'll just like lean and be like, all right, like, are we doing happening. this? Like what's it's happening? happening. <laughs> so funny. I, there's a question that I wanted to ask earlier. Yes. Are there any like, and this is sort of switching gears, but are there anything like things or myths that people automatically assume about you when they find out like you're on the spectrum or anything that you just mm-hmm. like wish you could clear up to um, you know, people listening or just people that generally have the wrong idea? That's a great question. About me personally or just autism in general? Um, either or. Either or. Or both. both. Jinx. Hmm. I think sometimes, kind of like I was saying earlier with the empathy thing, it, the thing, the other piece that kind of goes along with that is I think sometimes people don't believe that we experience the full range of human emotions the way that everybody else does, Mm -hmm. Um, which again is untrue. It's just our display of emotions is going to look a little bit different than somebody else's might. But that doesn't mean it's not the full range of human emotions. It just shows up in a different way. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's great to know. Yeah, it really is. All right. So we're going to switch gears and end with a game that I call the seven T questions. So it's T like T E A. So it's basically just like a fun game where we're asking you random questions about, you know, the T in your life or like what you're doing. It's very silly questions. No more hardballs, I promise. <laughs> okay. I don't think it'll right. Um, okay. The first question is we have already gotten a little bit of tea, but what is the current tea? 
or like an exciting thing happening in your life right now? I would say probably changes to my position at work. Um, They are incredibly supportive of this whole adventure and it has kind of allowed me time and space to work on some other projects within the organization that I am still extremely passionate about. So I think I'm really excited about that. Awesome. That's really, really cool. And congrats too. Um, Okay. Second question. Who is one of your celebrity crushes? Hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm. Oh, great choice. Not well. How do you feel about him currently? I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but current vibes. I don't know. Should I? Should I have feelings? Did he do something shady that I didn't know about? Well, other than date like girls who could be his daughter, like no, not like <laughs> he's just like not aging that well. In my so opinion. what I'm hearing is like I'm a viable option. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we great love that. Like wow, that interpretation. Also, okay. Do you know how funny you are? I'm just like putting it out. There. I know. I'm like, do you want to come <laughs> like, on tour with yeah, me? Yeah, I'm like, Nina. <laughs> when I'm in Greenville, you will be coming with me to my shows. <laughs> yeah, just your delivery is like, it's so fucking good. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so this is a listener question. She asked, What do you think is your superpower that you have from autism? Mm. I guess if I had to say, it would probably be just the the passion that I have for particular subjects. So for me personally, it's it's dog training and providing therapy to the clients that I work with. Um, I don't know that a whole lot of people experience this level of passion throughout their lives about just, you know, a variety of topics. Yeah. And it's so nice. I think for a lot of people, it's really hard to like, decide on a path. And I like, you just seem so like you're in the right field and you're confident about that. And that's because of that passion, you know, that's awesome. That is. Okay. Next question. What is one of the craziest or funniest things that have, that has happened to you after the show? Just social media in general. So I've been gaining almost a thousand followers on Instagram every single day since it was released. Oh my God. I left a comment on someone's TikTok last night and woke up to 600 followers this morning. So it's just, I think that's been the craziest thing. It's just the explosion of online attention. Yeah. Do you like it or do you find it uncomfortable or is it exciting? Like what's your gut reaction to it? It's initially exciting but then I think a lot there's a lot of demands to it like they're Mm -hmm. wanting content they're wanting things and like I I wake up in the morning and like go to work just like everybody else like that's not going to be Instagram worthy (laughs) you know I sit on the floor and play with fifth graders for half of my day and it looks like I mean I look like it's half of my day it's you're running around you're getting sweaty you're playing with Legos that's not necessarily a thing you're going to put all over Instagram. (laughs) I totally get it. But that's really exciting. And I think that also like, I don't know, speaks to how inspired people were by you and your being on the show. So at the end of the day, that's really cool. And like a net good thing, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So next question is, what is the smallest hill you're willing to die on? Can you can you give me like, a topic, I guess. So mine is that I think people shit on potatoes too much. Like they're not bad for you. And like, I'm really passionate about how everyone should be able to eat potatoes and not get mad about that potatoes are like unhealthy or something. Cause they're really good. I really truly yeah, could go she's on like for a, a long time potato person. about how much I love potatoes. 
Um, <laughs> one of our guests that we just sat on is really passionate about there needs to be express lanes in TJ Maxx. Um, <laughs> there are many hills to die on. Yeah, it um, could be something let's way give her, more Let's tense. give her a category. Mm. Dating. I was going to say dating. Hmm. Besides the fish thing? because <laughs> it's i think it's honestly it's the fish thing and it's not just it's not it's not just a, a fish thing like it's not Let's just the fish. It. it's not like oh man the poor fish it's not it's not that and what i said on the show which i don't know that it doesn't appear that it made the cut but like i've always wondered and no one has answered me this mm-hmm. is the fish like a euphemism is it trying to represent something else are they trying to say look how big my fish is right and that's meant <laughs> oh, to like be an implication oh, to how big other things God. are like Ryan. And you're using a fish for that? Like, is that what it is? I've never understood. That is so, so funny. I've never thought of it's that. It's also way. so much worse in the South. Like, anytime I'm on dating apps in the South, like, I'm like, oh, no, boys, 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 boys. We don't need to see this many fish. Like, you well, really don't. You'd think they'd have heard, like, a joke or two about it by now. I'm like. Yeah, I would have thought that that was common knowledge. I yeah. think it's honestly, especially guys in the South, and I mean, not to shit on them, but they're, it's like the only solo pick they'll take in a uh, five-year span is them with mm-hmm. a damn fish. Yeah, I think some of it is that, like, I mean, guys don't really do it here, thank God, but for the most part, there are some. There are some. But, um, but yeah, I think the solo pick thing is a good idea behind it because guys are so, like, weird about taking pictures or – you know what they'll do sometimes as equally bad, if not worse, if they're not doing a fish pick is they'll do like the X crop out where it's like the oh, only yeah. good picture of them is with their X. Mm-hmm. And then they like crop the X out. <laughs> I'm like, Tough. bro. Or one time I literally had to tell guys like, is that your X? Cause like you should change that photo. It was so obvious. It was his X in the photo. I was mm-hmm. like, I know that you look good, but like, so is your ex. So maybe, maybe <laughs> change, yeah. about. change about. Oh my God. So funny. Um, do you want to do the next one? That. Yeah. Next one is what is something you couldn't live without? I mean, I guess my phone, like everybody else, right? Yeah. Real. Are there certain like technology things that have ever been like helpful to you with the learning disability bits or not really? Yeah. Um, there's a feature on, it's supposed to work on MacBook, which, I mean, it doesn't do it as well as iPhone, but there's a feature on iPhone where you can select the text that you're wanting to read, and then you can have the iPhone read it to you, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Um, yeah. There are some websites that it's not compatible with, and you have to select it. So if you're you know, wanting to read an entire article, you have to be able to select the entire article for it to read it. Um, but it can be helpful, yes. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yay. Okay, and then the last of the seven T questions is... What is something that people otherwise wouldn't know about you? I mean, I think they kind of know everything now, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, after being on a documentary? <laughs> <laughs> but is there something that people like wouldn't guess about you or like a fun fact that you have maybe? I'm incredibly pessimistic. <laughs> <laughs> That's why like, you're funny, like on the honestly. Show, I, I was like... Maybe not that way, but yeah. I am the most pessimistic person that most people say that they have ever met in their entire life. But I think that's why you're funny, and that's also why you'd fare really well in New York City, because everyone's just like, you know, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's like iconic. That's really I love 
ending on that note. You know, I felt the pessimism when you said um, the comment about like, yeah, I guess I'm just going to die alone <laughs> because of men. Yeah. I was like, I feel a hint of it. Yeah. I feel like a little, a little <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. Well, Caitlin, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Um, I'm so happy you were able to come on and give us this time, especially with how busy you've been. Do you want to let everyone know where they can find you, follow you, give you a thousand more followers in the next hour, et cetera? <laughs> oh my God. Find me everywhere. Find me on Instagram at <laughs> Kaylin VP. Find me on TikTok. Find me on Facebook. I'm everywhere. Oh my God. I love it. Oh, and don't you have a Facebook group also? Yeah, I have a Facebook page called Kaylin's Autistic Angle, and that one's more geared towards sharing like helpful information. I love awesome. that. Um, and then, as always, follow me at CKNY1213 and the podcast at WTF Sup Pod. And you can follow me at Nina Barnett. Okay, thank you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>